0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So now we've got a backup of a backup of a backup, I think. That's exactly how we recommend our clients do it.
1: That's exactly, exactly. Yeah. We put the... All
0: right. So, Michael, Einbinder Schatz. Schatz? Schatz.
1: Schatz. Schatz. I did it right. Schatz. You passed your test today, dude. I've got a certificate I'm going to be sending out to you.
0: you. Can you tell I got nervous? Like, I was like, wait, am I going to do it wrong?
1: I was on a radio show, um... From a, a lawyer friend of mine in Northern California, and he practiced my name like 30 times. And then when he was going live on the air, he totally freaking butchered it. It was great. <laughs> I just I had such a good laugh. I'm like, dude, you just practiced it way, 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 way too much. You know?
0: Oh, that's too great.
1: Just like all the other Einbinder shafts, you know.
0: Oh, that's too great. All right. So Oh, that's fun! It gives me a an audio monitor, and ecam. Can you say something again?
1: Something again? I can say lots of somethings again.
0: Right. I of course
1: don't see what you're saying, but if it if you're grooving, if you're geeking out on it, that's a good sign.
0: I, I love geeking out. Um, I got to turn that audio mode off because it it says it's real time audio monitoring, but then it's got like right. Right half of a second delay. So then, so then, so then, so I'm like what, 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 what? Uh, <laughs> so, so
1: watch Mike, out for the watch out for the aye.
0: yeah, yeah. So so Michael, thank you so much for hopping on here with me. I'm sorry for those of you that are really confused, but um, Michael is uh, graciously um, offered to be my guinea pig. He didn't even know he offered. Um, I did not. Yeah. So my Michael's my guinea pig, because I want to get you guys the best quality everything that I possibly can, all right? So um so Michael, talk, talk to me, man. You you run uh Joe Becca. I gotta get my notes up again.
1: Jobecca so Technology Group. Yep. Just like all the other Joe Beckas out there. The yeah. one by nine binder chefs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I,
1: we're an MSP. Uh, I mean you want the you want the skinny background. Where yeah, it's not so skinny background. So, uh, we're an MSP based out of Bristol, Pennsylvania, which is in the Philadelphia suburbs. Okay. Uh, I've been in business since 1996. The company is named for my kids, Joshua and Rebecca, as I always like to say, a fact that they could care less about. <laughs> um, I think at some level they like it, but you know, they're at an age where that stuff just doesn't matter and they're not interested in the business, so that's um.
0: What age are they? That's I not a
1: bad thing. Twenty five, and my daughter turned twenty three this week. So okay. my son Joshua is twenty five, uh, and Rebecca is twenty three. And uh, again, they're into their own thing, you know. So, um, but I we my my ex wife and I came up with the name uh, when she was pregnant with our daughter, and I was doing. Um, uh, consulting, my first big consulting gig was with a big law firm in Philadelphia. And I'd been the network manager for a few years there. And then I decided to go out on my own. And they hired me right back as a consultant, the um, IT manager there loved consultants and so he brought me back and I was like making double what I made because I was getting paid by the hour and and of course I knew all the lawyers there a few hundred lawyers and I stopped into uh, one of the intellectual property attorneys going you know I'm I'm MES consulting services and that's such a stupid name and she's like, "Yeah, that is stupid." <laughs> and we just sort of brainstormed, and she said, "You know, pick a word that's not real." And so then my ex and I were riding around and playing around. Why don't we name it for the kids? And but you know, when we didn't even have Rebecca at that point, but we knew we were having a girl. So it was like, you know, Bojeka, right? <laughs> uh, Becca Joe, Joe Beck. and then it was like Joe Beck, And I was like, oh, that's it. That's the that's the name.
0: And, See and. And I couldn't do that as as great as you accomplished it with your kids' names. Like, you know, my kids are Genevieve and Ulrich. So I mean, I could do uh, you know, Jenna and then like do the end of Ulrich. So then it would just be like generic technology services. Yeah, or
1: Generac, <laughs> like rent like rent Yeah. But you could also do you could also do all vive. Olvee, it sounds very. Oh, that sounds French. Cosmopolitan and French, yeah. yeah. It, does. it, it know, makes you, it sound like
0: might. I I offer fancy things to my clients.
1: You could. You oh, could. You could, you could. <laughs> we provide the best mouse pads. Oui, oui. We we. Anyway, we oui, we.
0: Oui, 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 oui. oui. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extent on my French guys. Sorry.
1: Um, so um, so but, that's that's the skinny on the company. I mean, we're we're small, six person. MSP, we have uh, five people here in the States. We have one outsourced offshore uh, engineer in India who I just got to meet when we, we were there in February. And we're working with the folks at IT by Design there. Great, great team. And uh, my team here is fantastic, although I haven't seen any of them in a long, long time. So I'm, I'm assuming they're fantastic. They're still doing a great job, but you're st- we're... You you're know, still
0: paying them, so I mean...
1: when i'm supposed to pay them i had no idea i thought this was a hobby (laughs) so yes we're 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 still uh, everyone's still getting their paychecks so that's good it's a good thing and we're actually busy so that's a good thing too
0: so so i'm just going to dive right into uh to the question everyone wants to know the answer to did you sign up for the idol or the ppp grant slash loan stuff
1: Mm-hmm. yeah we got our ppp loan came in a couple of weeks ago i guess um i'm hoping it's not a loan we'll see. you know i think my math was really good on that i, I spent a lot of time on it and i had an interesting experience going through it, it it's um so i'm in robin robbins producers club and my accountability group that i'm in which which is captained by one of your former guests, Al Alper. He's my, he's my captain. Okay. Uh, but we have, we have, a, he is a good guy. Um, we have a guy in our group. Who's like a financial genius, just in terms of knowing the machinations and how to get things done. And, you know, he was like the first day he was saying, okay, you know, go to this uh, online uh, loan center. And this is where you're going to want to go and apply and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, Paul. But you know the value of the banking relationship. I'm at TD Bank, and and you know my manager there is fabulous. And she is, by the way. I just want to say I have a fantastic branch manager that I work with. But the key words there are branch manager, meaning the amount of pull she has is like what a gnat has, you know, on an That's elephant's tail. Nice. I mean, it's,
0: sure, she's not well, really she nice does. Nat.
1: She's a very nice net, and she did an amazing job communicating with me, but the problem with the larger banks in many cases is, depending on how you look at it, and in some cases, they were servicing the larger loan requests first and making sure the big the big players got taken care of. And in other cases, it's just simply a fact where larger organizations uh, oftentimes have a lot of inertia to overcome. So it's really hard to do something seemingly simple like get a web portal up where you can accept applications and communicate with your customers um, easily. So I'm waiting, 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 waiting for uh, my bank to get their portal up. In the meantime, uh, and, and my branch manager is texting me three times a day with updates. And then finally, like a week and a half later, she goes, it's live. And I had everything prepared. She had already sent me what I, what she had heard in the internal meetings, what they would need. And so, you know, I spent the time like PDFing everything and getting it into a folder structure so I could just pull it down, blah, blah, blah. It goes live. I go in. I immediately start doing all the stuff. I, I find a bug in the portal. Of course, I would find a bug, right, where it had a drag and drop feature for uploading your documents, and it crashed, it crashed the whole thing. And of course, there was no save as you go, so I had to start the whole thing over. And I said, all right, no, no drag and drop, I'll just... And then I get to what I think is I've got everything in, and I have just one more page. And they wanted not one month or two months of payroll and bank statements. They wanted 15 months. And, and you know, that meant that I then had to go out and get all those reports again in PDF and annotate, you know, to um, to clear them up. And it was a pain in the neck. But I got it done. And I got it done that same day. Um, but in the meantime, my buddy, he had applied the week before. Oh, and and, and all I got was a confirmation screen. It said, thank you for your submission. No tracking number, no nothing. So no email, nothing. 10 days, nothing. At the end of 10 days, I finally got the first notice. And then they were very good. They communicated. I got a call. I got some texts. I got forms to sign. And it only took a few days from that point. It wasn't terrible. But I'm just comparing it to my guy who knows this stuff, who always researches and reads and finds the quick way in. He found some online-only, no-brick-and-mortar lending institution. On the very first day it went live, he filled out the form. The next day, that lending institution called him with three or four questions, and the day after that, he had his money.
0: Wow.
1: 48 hours. And I'm like, dude, I'm listening to you in the future. I don't care what you tell Like, if he calls me and he says, eat this ground glass, chew on it really good, I'm eating ground glass, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now, did you also fill out the IDL, EIDL, E-I-D-L?
1: Mm-hmm. I filled that out, but it crossed in, in the mail, so to speak. I and since that was going to be a draw against the PPP, I didn't get it, okay. which is fine. So, and, and we had money. You know, we're yeah. we're we're not wealthy by any means, but our clients have not been uh, impacted to a major degree at this point. Our conversations have all been about extending services to remote, helping them solve problems, helping them solve business issues. Um it hasn't been about um, you know, relief or any anything that, which is encouraging. That's People good. are still doing business and, and our nonprofits even are still helping um you know are still helping their clients, which is critically important.
0: So one of the things that I um have heard recently, and you know how you know how the rumor mill works. So so one of the things yeah. I recently heard is that if you accept the pp loan and you don't actually need it you're in trouble
1: i haven't heard that i've heard that you if you accept it you better spend it on what you say you're going to spend it on
0: well that, that I, mean, I heard that i heard was simply just to get the forgiveness but if you weren't worried right. about the forgiveness, like my understanding was apply for it. It's a 1% loan, you know, just go get right. yourself a loan, right? But, but then, you know, they, they, it's like they keep changing the rules. Like now they're saying, as of a few days ago, they're only accepting agricultural requests for those idle funds.
1: That may be true. I I mean, I have a one of my superpowers is the ability to completely tune out anything that isn't important to me at that moment. So once that PPP money showed up in my bank account, I did not concern myself with anything about the rules, the regs or any of that changing. And I say that tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but also, you know, I only have a certain amount of bandwidth. I'm running a business. I'm trying to uh, help our clients with their needs. I'm trying to use this opportunity to refine and retool what we do to provide more value to our clients and help them with where they're at now and also where I see things going and enhancing our offerings and how we Offer them to our clients. So I'm not in big sales mode, but I'm looking at this as long term sales opportunities that can grow out of this. And so with that bandwidth, I'm not like, I don't then worry about um, like this agricultural thing, which may may be true. I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they're changing the rules up all the time. Why not? Yeah, so I mean, I you might, well,
0: might as <laughs> well keep it interesting, I say. Yeah. Uh, all right. So- Absolutely. So you said you've thankfully stayed busy. So would you say most of your clients are considered essential?
1: I think many of them to most of them are providing essential services, Um, not essential in terms of keeping their doors open in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, but essential in terms of still being able to provide services. And again, I'm not diving into the weeds in terms of the definitions here. I just know that the law firms we have, while they may have to comply with the governor's orders not to go into the office, are still providing services for their clients. And that fits in line with what we've heard from many MSPs you know, out in the channel, that the uh, the early days at least were panic mode in terms of remote connectivity. You know, how do we get up and working remotely and securely and what efficiencies can we bring to bear? And, and you know, my team was grinding it out like most MSPs teams were. I felt fortunate that we could do that because, as I've said to a lot of people, Steve, if there are a lot of really, really good MSPs out there, better than Joe but they might be in the wrong segment. Like if they're servicing restaurants, let's just say, if that's their niche, restaurants and only restaurants, uh, you know, they're hurting. They may go out of business, you know, unless they can pivot quickly. And we've just been fortunate that um, our clients have had to pivot to working remotely because they still have work to do and they've needed to rely on us to help get that done. Uh, And also where I come in because I'm non-technical as we talked off uh, Offline about that. Um, I used to be an engineer, but I fired myself 18 years ago My focus mostly is on having the strategic conversations with the clients. That's something I really enjoy doing I like hearing about what their struggles are what their challenges uh, what challenges they're going through and trying to leverage my experience not as an IT professional necessarily, but uh, certainly some of that, but also as a business owner. Talked to a lot of other business owners over 23 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I hear something fun and I geek out on strategy stuff, can can I bring that to bear? And, you know, there have been cases with, uh, you know, we were, I was talking with a nonprofit client of ours about how they can find ways to use the technology that's out there to engage with their donor base. What kind of events they might be able to hold as virtual events and whatnot. And it was a lot of fun. We weren't talking about how the technology works. We were talking about what can you do with the technology, and most importantly, because this was a nonprofit like many others that had to cancel their gala, the biggest fundraising event, and a lot of those gala season is in the spring. How do you keep engaged with the folks who write the checks that help you keep it? Because they still believe in what you're doing, they just can't come out to a black tie event, and write large checks and bid on things. You know, so how would you find ways to engage? So we. Uh, we did a lot of strategizing on that i i had a couple of very good strategy conversations with a synagogue we work with about how they can do virtual services and now we're actually offering them uh we're, we're giving them a bank of time that their congregants can use to help get connected in so that they can attend virtual services and again i'm looking at it we're helping our client Engage with their customers, their congregants, and oh, by the way, some of those congregants own businesses and whatnot. So it's a win win win. I'm not, there's no quid pro quo. I'm not expecting X percent to To say, hey, we should hire Jebecca, but it's more like if we can provide some value um,
0: Maybe they- to our
1: client and to their clients, right? And it feels good.
0: Oh, absolutely. Something we like doing. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, All right. Yes. So. You, uh, you you said you fired yourself, so you were an engineer, and one of the things— And then
1: I sued myself. I sued myself afterwards, and I won for wrongful termination. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just, you know, I'm a whack job. Will you help me out here?
0: No, no, it's okay. I just was confused so, at first. Um, I, I love it, though. No, I know. That's the kind of thing I would do. Cause I, I would just, I'm going <laughs> to see what happens. So, so you, uh, you went to school for something other than being an IT engineer though.
1: I went to film school. I, I have a film degree at Temple university. Um, I'm from New York originally. I came down to temple to study film. I love film. Uh, when I was getting ready to graduate, uh, <laughs> I think I just chickened out. I'm going to be honest. You know, uh, at at 20, yeah, at 21, my next step, as I saw it, was to go out to LA and become a production assistant. And the going rate was about 50 bucks a day then for maybe 16 hour days, where if you were lucky, you got coffee for the producers and let them curse at you and stuff like that. I mean, that was that was how I envisioned it. I don't know that that was totally the reality, uh, and I. I didn't want to do that. I think I was just scared to make the next change. Um, And so what happened was I ended up going to work for a videotape distributor. I convinced myself it was related because we bought and sold used videos. The video stores were booming at the time. And uh, And they were all VHS, right? Yeah, except I got to buy like 500 beta films that a company sold – for like a dollar a piece, and beta was the better format, you know. I've Uh, been
0: told that. I
1: just don't
0: have any first-hand experience.
1: Well, it was an interesting decision that Sony made. Sony had the better format, and they thought that people would prefer quality over quantity, but JVC said... We're gonna offer these two hour tapes. We're gonna we're gonna make the recorders operate in three different speeds. Right. So two, four, and six hours. And that way people can record more. And the quality was terrible, but people didn't care. They wanted, you know, everything from Prices Right up through Vanderwide up through, you know, whatever other shows were on on one tape, all their daytime shows, let's say. And so in the end VHS won out because they offered the convenience ultimately going up to I believe an eight hour tape. Uh, but I was able to buy those Betamax films and I bought a beta I used Betamax player and I had this amazing collection in the best quality you could get at that time and this is pre video disc even so um, so we were buying and selling used movies and I convinced myself it was related to what I studied when in in reality I was a salesman you know and that was cool Um, and then they computerized while I was there Um, they brought in a system running the pick operating system. I don't know if you're familiar. still I'm exists. Not. It's I'm... actually an operating system and a database all in one. Every time I say that, I want to say shimmer is a floor wax and a dessert topping, but like, <laughs> you know, it's an old set, old tarot but it's like, it's, it's, an OS and a database, and I learned how to be a really good administrator of that. I wasn't a programmer by any means, and that got me interested, and we had a PC sitting in the corner somewhere with WordPerfect 4.1 on it, and I started teaching myself that, and then I left, and I got a job at a large law firm uh, as a trainer and ultimately became a network manager. So you know, I realized I had some aptitude with it. I didn't like elements of it. I didn't like working in a law firm that everything I did as straight overhead had to be done in the middle of the night. There was always deals going on. If I wanted, if I needed to upgrade something or fix something, I had to come in at two in the morning. And if I couldn't get, you know, No, but if I couldn't get these two things to talk to each other at 2 in the morning, as I've always said, you know, I'm the kind of guy who cries in that situation, and there's real good geeks out there, and I mean that as a compliment, who thrive. 2 in the morning, they can't get things to talk to each other, you know, not a problem. They love that. I never loved it. So after I left and started my own company, um, I realize within a couple of years that I really didn't want to do the technical work anymore, but I liked working with the people. Going back to my days as a trainer, I really enjoyed that interaction. And so that was probably around 2000 when I hired my first employee um, and started working my way out of that end. Hmm. And I don't think I've done any real technical work for 17 or 18 years at this point, truthfully.
0: So that's amazing, by the way. Now, uh, since you went to film school, talk talk to me. Can you can you tell I've I've spent some time and money on my video here? Absolutely. So, what, I mean, it, what do you see. see?
1: What do I see?
0: Yeah, like what what do you, like you say? Absolutely. So, as a you know film connoisseur, what <laughs> what do you? what do you see when you look at my video quality?
1: Well, it reminds me of a a combination of birth of a nation and citizen Kane. Obviously those are the films that come to mind, you know, maybe with a a little bit of deliverance and mean streets in there. I don't know, dude. (laughs) Um, No, you're well off air talking. You're, you're interested in putting out something that has good audio and video quality. So that's, that's a positive. Um, yeah, I yeah. think the thing that's interesting to me uh, is that in this day and age, in in with the internet, uh, with the tools that are available in the internet and bandwidth and everything, is that anyone can publish. First, there was blogs years ago, right? That you could that you could publish the written word, and now anyone can put out uh, a pretty good quality, uh, you know, vlog podcast, whatever, uh, and finding different ways to engage with people. And I find that very, very interesting. I think the visual medium is, is fascinating and is a great way to draw people in and engage with them because as you know, and I think, um, I think this was part of your description on your podcast was about people wanting to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And... If you can convey – I think it's far easier to convey that visually uh, than than in any any other medium. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. And this
1: is the best we're going to get these days, right?
0: It it really kind of is, yeah. Now, now you being in Philadelphia area, I'm I'm over by Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're not too far. So – so I, I asked, Cleveland,
1: uh, twice.
0: I, I asked earlier if, if you could like see anything. So basically, um, you know, I upgraded, I'm no longer using a webcam. I've got this Sony right. alpha 6400 camera that I'm using. And then I've got two key lights. So I'm able to give myself yeah. that nice cinematic. Are you talking to me, Michael? Like, <laughs>
1: That's right. You gotta ask yourself, Michael. Do you feel lucky?
0: <laughs> so, so I was just, you know, I, I'm trying to, to play around, and and the reason I'm I'm playing around with the lighting here is, you know, I'm it's it's kind of twofold. Um, I also am the the tech director for my church, right. so I I also have the joy of playing with all of this stuff while i'm while i'm there at the church and i figure all right well i mean i might as well learn stuff that's going to help me with both so absolutely so yeah you know i i get to uh you know record the the audio the video i get to set up the lighting i get to do it all man um so i might as well make it look good here too now that i know what i'm doing
1: yeah and it does look good um so i'm told (laughs) no and and i think it's great uh I mean, again, I'm still fascinated with the fact, I mean, I have, I, you know, I have a little Logitech, uh, what is it, the 920, you know, the the $300 cameras that used to be $70 bucks. Yep. Uh, before, before before COVID-19. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I'm amazed at the quality there, but I am looking to do an upgrade myself at some point and get... Uh, and get better tools because I'm working uh, with a friend of mine who's in Arkansas and she and I are talking about putting together a podcast that's not related to tech, although there might be some peripheral tech content to it. And she's, she's a uh, radio disc jockey. So she's really all about having quality. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the equipment I need to buy. Like, why not? Why not? I think it would be really cool. Now, I'm having trouble seeing the super quality now just coming across Skype uh, right. compared to what I've seen on a couple of yours that I've watched where I'm then able to watch uh, right. and see the end result. So, you know, so that's yeah, that's,
0: that's the extra cool thing is that So I'm using this software called Ecamm Live. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's doing a local recording of me and then I've, I've got, I keep uh, putting my hand on the keyboard here because I can, I can switch. Um, so I've got like a little virtual video switcher. So now I've got it full on me. And now I can switch it back to us. And then earlier when, it, when you were talking, I would switch it over to just you. Um, right. I really, really like this uh, split view that Ecamm offers way better than what um, Zoom offers. That is
1: what, did you, what did you do? Um, I was watching the one with Rob Ray. And uh, were you just using the tool set in Zoom? Or were you using your switching software then?
0: That was Zoom. Okay. So, so you were probably seeing it where sometimes it was full on Rob. And other times it would yeah. be three of us. Yes. So the one thing that... So if I had multiple guests here... I think I could have multiple displays. Right. Whereas, so I could have one that's just me and you, one that's just you and the other guy, one that's all three of us. Whereas with Zoom, it's either the person that's talking or all all of the people that are there. Mm -hmm. And the the person that's talking one is frustrating because like if I – you know, sometimes when you're having a conversation with someone, you got to grunt every now and then for them to realize you're still there. So <laughs> so mm-hmm. so when I'm like yeah I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm, I know exactly what you mean, Rob, and then it would switch over to me and I'm just thinking to myself, why would you do that? Like nobody wants to look at me. They're, they they want to keep talking to Rob.
1: So, I'm just reacting, right? I coughed. <laughs> right.
0: Right. So so I mean that in itself Uh, I feel like I've got a lot more control over with this. Um, But I at least now have the ability to do local video of myself. So I can't make you look any better than what a, you know, compressed digital video stream will look.
1: I I look fabulous. What are you talking about? Got my quarantine beard on. I mean, this is all. I I got to say, man, the,
0: the quarantine beard works for you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I've been a, a goatee guy for years, but I just figured you know it's the end of the world. <laughs> why shave? Right?
0: Well, I'm I'm in the why? I, I actually I screwed up my beard. I've I've yeah. had a beard for like a decade, uh, and I screwed it up a couple weeks ago because I was I was trimming it, and I did I can I'm getting so confused. I did a thing where I like zzz, like down through here. I'm like oh man. Oh, yeah i I like shaped it too hard, and I was like just you know get rid of the whole thing and i and I left like you can see you can see the line of like where I left the goatee um this this dang cat she just really wants me to pet her, so now she's like, I think I'll crawl onto the desk um so yeah okay. I'. I I had to get rid of the beard for a minute, and, uh, yeah. and and now it's already coming back. I just love that uh-huh. hair grows back so quickly for me.
1: It's amazing. It doesn't – I, I can't fill in a good beard. That's why I've done the goatee thing for years. A few years ago, I went with my kids to the uh, uh, American Athletic Conference basketball tournament up in Connecticut. I, hmm. We're big Temple fans, and the day we left or something – or the day before we left, I, I just went and I used my trimmer, and I don't know, like I brain farted or something. And instead of being on my normal number, it was like on a one. Or I don't know how that happened, you know. And, you know, of course, it's one swipe and then you're done, right? I mean, it's done. It's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Brrr, tick the whole thing off. And what amazed me was because I've had a goatee uh, two decades, maybe. I don't know. It was like, I just looked so young, but I don't mean in a good way.
0: Yeah, like,
1: I'm yeah. not meant to look young like that anymore. And it wasn't like young and virile and good looking. It was like young and geeky and uh, and and there was a guy, a Yukon fan, who like tried to pick a fight with me that weekend. And I'm convinced that that wouldn't have happened if I had the goatee. Not that I look like a badass, but I'm supposed to look so much more vulnerable, right?
0: I think I look creepy without any facial hair. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it is creepy. So, you know, so there's that. But now
1: we're in this pandemic, Steve. I mean, think about it. You know, like I'm thinking maybe I should grow like an, an 18th century kind of, you know, one of those beards that gets really long underneath, but shorter on the sides or just big patches sprouting out. You know, I don't know.
0: Well, I, I thought have to out, to figure this out. I, I thought about you know shaving this off too, when I mm-hmm. when I screwed up the beard, so I just had this like big handlebar mustache. I right. thought about it, but then I'm like, oh man, I I still have these recordings. I better not look like a complete douchebag on these recordings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I That's, want like the Sam the Sam Elliott beard, but it's like you are not Sam Elliott, Michael. You don't right. have. You can't pull that off. You know.
0: Yeah. There's, there's just no way. Um,
1: all right. So, so are you, are you from, are you from Cleveland originally? I'm just dying of that area.
0: Yeah. I, I grew up in the Cleveland area. We, we moved around a lot. Like it was, um, it was really fantastic. Cause I mean, looking back, it was really fantastic. Uh, at the time it sucked. I was sick of having to get all new friends cause we'd move from like one right. suburb to another. And then a couple of years later we'd move again. But, what was happening was um my mom like she worked at Teledyne, which if you're familiar with water pick, it's made by mm-hmm. Teledyne um right, but back then she worked at Teledyne in in you know manufacturing, and I don't remember what they made. I was five six years old, you know, but she'd worked there for like seventeen years or something crazy like that, and they finally decided to shut down the Teledyne plant in Cleveland but Mm -hmm. while she was there, she just kept like moving up the ladder. And um, so like, you know, when I was born, I think she was just still some like second or third shift, you know, machine operator. And then by the time she left there, she's like a supervisor or manager or, you know, something fancy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so, so throughout the years while she's working there, you know, we just kept moving into a nicer place. You know, like I remember being uh, in kindergarten, we lived in an apartment and it wasn't a terrible apartment, but it it wasn't the luxury apartments down the road. It was the apartments. Um, and I remember those, like they're, they're still there. Same apartments, same crappy interior, same layout. Like, Oh, <laughs> I saw, you know, I I almost moved into them when I was like twenty. I'm like, no, I, I can't do it. But um, so we were there, and then we moved to luxury apartments, and then we moved to uh, a house. We were renting a house, and then we moved to a house that she bought. She bought the model home. Uh. Mm-hmm and then we moved to a bigger house so like every every time we moved it it just you know we kept doing better and better um so i mean you know looking back i'm like you know really really proud of her because uh single mom single parent you know she uh she had a lot going against her and and she made it work man but um now she lives down in Dallas, Fort Worth area.
1: So, oh, really?
0: Yeah. So I don't get to see her much these days, um, especially, you know, with, uh, you know, we've we've got two kids, you know, my wife and I, um, and my mom is a germaphobe, and she's like, I hate kids. They're sticky. <laughs> so, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, kids hey, can we sticky. come visit? And she's like, No. <laughs> Like, are you, are you sure? She's like, Oh, I'm positive. <laughs> Th- thanks mom. <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, there's that. I get it. I totally get it.
0: So, so one of the things that I started doing and I, I'm curious to hear what your take is in the last month ish. Um, I started actually using that Robin hood account I signed up for a year ago Because I figure, you know, we're in this economic crisis. I might as well buy some stock, right? So uh, I've been playing around, and uh, today I'm up nearly 13%. Really? Yeah, I think I'm doing it right. And for the week, I'm up nearly 21%.
1: So you're speaking something I'm not familiar with, so I'm going to just... I'm going to play dumb. Robinhood account.
0: So Robinhood is is like one of those like you know E-Etrade or TD Ameritrade. Oh, yeah. Like one of those stock broker type things. So you can go to robinhood.com. Michael, okay. right now is the time to sign really? up. Really? Sign yeah, up for
1: Do you have like a, do you have an affiliate number you want to give me that Absolutely. I can you I the will, credit? I will
0: give you an affiliate <laughs> code and you'll get free stock. They'll give you one free stock. There. Um, but no, in my opinion, like we're in a freaking economic crisis. Why wouldn't you want to, to take advantage of that? Like right now, Ford is $5 and 24 cents a share. Like Uh you could buy a hundred of those. And you know, if we, if we look at what was Ford, um, here, I'm going to look at the year. So This time last year they were ten thirty eight, mm-hmm. so they're going to survive this, you know. That's Brand. one of those. That's one of those companies. It's like this is a no brainer. Of course they're going to survive this. So, um, I guess where I'm at is, dude. Go, get on there and buy some stock. Like look at look at what things were, look at what things are. Make sure you're not buying a company like JCPenney that's declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> you know? Um get get on there and buy some shares, man.
1: So my take Just on money. this is, is a little different. <laughs> oh, and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with doing what you're doing. I, I applaud you for it. I dabbled in the market in the late nineties and I actually did really, really well with, with modest amounts. Uh, my business was new. Um, I've run a lifestyle business my entire, uh, business career, which is not a positive thing. In fact, sometimes I like to say, yeah, it was a crappy lifestyle business, you know? Um, which means, you know, I didn't have my eye on maximizing profitability by doing things in a way that drives the most value. I didn't value what we were doing enough. But to get back to the, the question at hand, you know, I had discretionary cash. And I, I bought some things that just, like, I bought eBay, like, really inexpensively. And it just nice. exploded. And that was, I bought eBay. Like, eBay was one of those things where I just got it. Like, I saw it. And I collect uh, one of the things I I don't have very many collections anymore, but I just uh, I collect Mad magazines. Hmm. So this is uh, this is Mad number six from 1953. Okay. Um, and so I was I went on eBay in 1998 or 99, and the first thing I did was look up Mad magazines, and I realized, you know, my whole life had been hoping that I would find a magazine or a comic store somewhere that might have mad magazines, right? And if they did, they might have four or five of them. To, here's a marketplace that I can go on and look up anything. And so I got it. Like, I instantly got it and saw the value there um, because it was a distribution shift. And so I, I bought that and I made some money. But circling back to what you're talking about, I just, you know, I also bought a couple of things that were dogs. Like, I bought... Loosened, I remember, (laughs) and I bought it at fifty, and then it went to forty. I'm like, oh, that's going to come back, and then it went to thirty, and then you know, and I I bought more and more and more, and it wasn't a ton of money, but you know, eventually it was like two dollars, and I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I think that was just a big freaking mistake, and I realized, and I talked about this earlier. Yeah, done. But for me. The key value, the key thing I value in myself is that I have to recognize my own limitations of bandwidth. Like, in order for me to do what you're doing, I, I have to know ahead of time that I'm going to put in enough time to A, do the research, and B, keep on top of it. And I'm not so convinced at this point in my life that I want to do that. So I'd rather hire somebody, and frankly, then then what they put me in is the most boring thing in the world, mutual funds, right? Boring. Like, I don't check that stuff. I just know that when things started tanking down, they started moving stuff around. Now they're buying more, you know, dollar-cost averaging, blah, 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 blah. And I just trust that between what they're doing and hopefully driving my business to grow is going to put me in the right position. Um, But I'm not active enough to manage a stock portfolio it just doesn't interest me enough but i get what you're doing and i applaud you for it i really do i'm not denigrating it in any way
0: oh see and i'm i'm having fun with it too like that's cool and i have absolutely no idea what i'm doing so i'm also trading (laughs) options uh so i think i i what's that uh what's that phrase uh, fell in the shit and came out smelling like roses.
1: Something like that, yeah. Landed in shit, yeah. yeah. So,
0: so I, I, uh, I bought some options. It cost me two hundred and eighty-one dollars. I bought them today, and it cost me two eighty-one. And because the stock is up so high, it's now worth four hundred and fifty. So it's just like and I think this the stock is just gonna keep going up it's Ford. They announced that they're they're starting their production again in a a week, a week and a half, something like that. Ten days. Right. So because because of that, now people are like, Oh, I guess Ford's worth money again. So so now the stock value keeps going up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's see how high this could keep going. Make daddy some money.
1: Hey, enjoy, enjoy. I got one word for you, Steve: plastics. plastics. <laughs> You're much younger than me, so I'm using these. Like, I mean that that film is from 1967, but I like to think everyone's seen The Graduate, you know.
0: I uh, haven't. There are so well, many
1: that's, films. That's like a key line in the in the Graduate, you know, Dustin Hoffman's first film. He's graduated from college. They're throwing him a big party, and one of his dads. Business executive friend pulls him out by the pool. And he says, "Benjamin, got one word for you: plastics." Because <laughs> the plastic industry was huge in the late '60s, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a was, newer thing. I was uh, I was born in
1: 1983. Yeah, so, so you, you're 20 years younger than I am. You're you're a kid. Yeah. You youngsters. You youngsters.
0: Yeah. So here's the kitty that just won't stop until I pet her. Nice.
1: Very nice. What's her name?
0: Her name is Izzy. And she likes long walks on the beach and tuna juices. And being pet.
1: Very and nice. Like yep, yeah, we're in between cats.
0: <laughs> what was that?
1: We are in. We're in between cats right now. We have a dog. Um, we have a psycho dog.
0: See, so. we had a dog, and we found that dog a new home. And like, we actually, it's not like, oh, it's a, it's in a farm upstate. Like, it actually is in a farm upstate. Like, um, right. And that dog, we we miss that dog, and we want to have a dog again. But then, like, at the same time, we're like, I don't really think I can commit to. Picking up dog crap for another fifteen years, like, and and all the destruction in the house and the separation anxiety that that dog had, like, it was bad, man. Like that dog, like we loved the dog, and he was so loyal and faithful and loved us, and you know was was so gentle and sweet. But as soon as Mm -hmm. we left the house, he was a freaking nightmare because he was like he was just terrified. As soon as we left, he was terrified.
1: Well, there's no separation anxiety these days, that's for sure. You know, our dog is getting spoiled because we're here every day. Um, but I can take my dog into the office uh, if and when. I mean, I've taken her in many times in the past. And I could technically be going into the office. Now our office building is empty and no one's mm-hmm. coming into my office. I, but the truth of the matter is I love rolling out of bed and, and being right here at work and, you know not having to drive 20 miles and pay a toll to get into just to get into my office. So when I need something, I go there. Um, uh, but you know, depending on how long this continues, I may choose to break it up by going in more often just to break things up a little bit, you know, vary the routine.
0: What if this is a crazy idea? I know. What if you said we don't need an office?
1: That's not a crazy idea at all. That's something we're talking about. I I won't share your podcast with the uh, uh, owner of our building. (laughs) But all kidding aside, I mean, there's going to be a huge impact on the commercial real estate market. uh, Because so many businesses are realizing that they can deploy a larger remote workforce and why do we have to pay these rents on on commercial real estate now don't get me wrong i mean there's a lot of things i love about having an office we're we're in a hundred to 150 year old mill building in bristol right right on what used to be a canal there's the 75 mile canal that runs from the delaware river all the way up to eastern pennsylvania uh which is where the Crayola, crayola factory is and that used to be the major artery on how you would get goods to and from um the interior into the De- delaware uh, delaware river um you know and these are with uh tow for the mules on both sides what they did in pennsylvania is they filled it in in nine different areas like right behind our building they filled it in i don't know when many years ago to build an elementary school because this. Is you know, trucks changed everything. So, but it's this incredible mill building. We had an architect come in and we worked closely with them 10, 11 years ago to design a space that combined the old and the new. So it's got a really unique, interesting look. But my folks have been working at home for years, not full-time at home. But I have like my senior most engineer, my longest tenured engineer is someone I worked with at the law firm many years ago. He's been with me uh, next month. will be 20 years. Wow. And he lives 40 miles away. So why would I have him come to our office? He comes up every Wednesday. We have our level 10 pulse meeting. I don't know if you're in detraction, but Every Wednesday we have our meeting, he comes up and he spends, you know, two thirds of the day up in the office. We have our meeting. There's some huddles and uh, mind melding and all that kind of stuff that goes on. Uh, and other than that, he works from his home office 40 miles away and he services clients that are in, you know, a couple of county area that he's closest to. Uh, one of my other engineers needs to leave at two o'clock every day to pick up his son at school. He's been with me ten years. His his wife works for the state and can't leave work early, so I know that at two o'clock he's going to leave, pick up his son. By three o'clock, he's back on the boards. It's very i i care about i care about having engineers that are a little. I say this tongue-in-cheek, but a little codependent. They do what needs to get done for the clients. They care, and they work to completion. Uh, They're not bound by the clock, but I also don't bind them to the clock if they need to leave, they have a medical appointment. They, you know, they've n- n- nobody who's worked for me has ever had to miss a, a meeting with a teacher or a sporting, a kid's sporting event or any of that stuff. And working from home is just a part of that. That's a fringe benefit that we give at Jobeck that they can work at home because I see them getting the job done and I see it re- reflected in our CSAT and the feedback we get when we talk to our clients that I know that the, that the engineers are doing a good job. So... For that reason, I am using this period and thinking very seriously, like, what are our long-term needs going to be? Do I need, is it just a vanity space? I think there's power and benefit to bringing your team together. Certainly, uh, there's a lot of good ideas that get presented. But as the communication tools continue to evolve, we're doing more and more on Teams every single week. Maybe we just need a space where we can come together and have our meetings once or twice a week. You know, or point, if we need to meet with a client. I don't know. And
0: at that point, I mean, you can have meetings at a freaking steakhouse.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, one of my uh, other members of my accountability group in uh Robin Robbins Producers Club, he has about a four – million, maybe a $5 million a year MSP based out of Atlanta. He doesn't have any offices. Everyone works from home. He's running a $5 million MSP all from home. And it's working out. Now he's got a tool set. He's got strict policies and procedures. He's got everything in place that makes that work. And you better believe I'm looking at these models and I'm thinking about what Peers of mine that are successful, that are doing things differently, I like to look at and watch and, and observe and take notes and let the stuff percolate a little bit, you know. And so your point is well taken, and I think um, I think a lot of people, Steve, are going to be asking themselves that question.
0: Well, that's good because I I think it's a fair question to ask. You know, it's it's twenty twenty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've we've got hover cars and hoverboards like those. You know, basically, it's exactly like we expected it would be in Back to the Future. You know, (laughs) so um, back to Back to the Future two, right? That's the one where he goes to the. so, uh, So, yeah. So obviously i'm kidding guys but you know it's it's 2020 internet's good enough i mean there were a couple times where uh your your video and audio kind of froze we'll see how it we'll see how it, uh how it all lands right but um yeah just like that just like that <laughs> but i don't see anything wrong with not having an office i used to be all about oh you got to have an office and you got to have a conference room and you got to have this and that and you need a, you need a. I so i had i had a really really great office i had a really sweet deal on this office um you know i had a lobby with a leather sofa an italian leather sofa mm. it was uh it was my buddy's college sofa. I don't want to know the answers. Please don't ask the questions. I had a, I had a nice...
1: I'm not saying a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a really nice TV. And then I had an office bigger than that freaking lobby for myself. And in that office, I had uh, four monitors. And I had another ginormous TV behind me. And, you know, the nice L-shaped desk, and it was just, you know, a fantastic office. And I had a nice meeting table, which uh, ended mm-hmm. up becoming, like, you know, my my son's Lego table or the lunch table. Right. And, then I, and then I had a third room, and that was the tech lab. And let me tell you, man, that tech lab got used three times, um, maybe four. It was mostly storage i had so much crap too when i finally got rid of that office and i i like i basically did like this this big come buy some random stuff for me sale on facebook like it was a, it was like the weirdest open house slash uh garage sale anyone's ever been to and yeah i, I sold all of it and um I made some pretty good money that day because I had a lot of junk, man. I had you know, Yellink phones, Grand Grandstream phones, Cisco phones. I had like mm-hmm. nineteen Dell computers, some HPs, uh, all those monitors. Like I, I had, I had so many monitors in that tech lab. Like it was, it was insane. All the I, I have a problem when it comes to technology because I see. I see the value in what it was at one time, not mm-hmm. the value of what it would actually cost today. So I, I find myself yeah. to be like a technology hoarder. Um, and I also like to buy things that I'm sure I'll need at some point, like really nice bags to give my clients when they get a new laptop from me. Right. I had a hundred pack of these things. Um, I had two Dell color laser printers. And I got to tell you that Dell printer was probably my favorite laser printer I've ever owned. I had two of them. Now I've got a Lexmark black and white. It's tiny. It's over there. It's not even plugged in. I finally (laughs) bought it during this pandemic because I, my kids needed needed to be able to print stuff the library's closed. Yeah. like that's like we the last time i needed to print something was like months ago and i was like i'll just go to the library like who cares i get 20 free pages a day why wouldn't i just go to the library
1: we print stuff all the time i i finally broke down a couple of years ago and got an office jet when they combined the, um, when they separated the print head out from the ink refills, and it drove the per page cost lower than laser, um, huh. and it works. It's fine. Uh, my girlfriend is always printing. She's a teacher. She's always printing too many pages for her kids. I'm like, you don't need to print all that. You could just send them the PDF. Women, <laughs> man,
0: aren't they great? Like we couldn't live without them.
1: PDF files or, or women. I'm mm-hmm. just like. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I know better.
1: Sometimes, than I, sometimes I sometimes I think I can't live without PDF files, but <laughs> so um, yeah, you're you're reminding me because we have so our office is L shaped, and now hold I'm on, you said.
0: You said I'm reminding you. Are you saying you forgot what your office looked like? It's been so long?
1: No, no, but you were reminding me about how we use our server room, similar to, like, your tech lab. Uh, Because when we went into the space, it's about 11 years now, I was all in on having this server room that you could see through our glass doors. So you, you come in and the glass doors are facing this way. And then right off to the right at a 90 degree angle were the glass doors to the server room. And we had a rack right in there and we had all our equipment sitting there in the rack because I wanted people to be able to look in and see a bunch of blinking lights, right? And then go, oh, that must be an important company, right? They're, they know their technology, look at all those lights. And now there's an empty rack there, right? Oh, I mean my. it's got a it's got a UPS sitting in there and switches and whatnot are facing the back. Everything's in the cloud. And what do we do in that server room? We store a bunch of junk you don't install. actually need. Yeah, I stored I had benches built in there because the idea was anything that has to be done technically should be done in this room, whether you're configuring PCs for a client or fixing something or whatnot. And we do so little of that now. Basically, it's it's a graveyard for machines that are awaiting recycling, you know, while we do the data destruction and, and whatnot. It's like.
0: And and I, I was the same way, like tech lab. If I'm going to work on a customer machine, I'm going to do it in the tech lab. I'm like, man, I didn't want to do that. My computer's in a different room now. Like, I, want, I, got, yeah. the, I got a big L-shaped desk. I'll just do it right here at my desk. What's, why am I doing this in a tech lab?
1: That's right that's right
0: and now the, the bed, desk it's it's
1: elevated,
0: but you know what my desk is check this out
1: i think i know what your desk is are you in this oh check that out
0: yeah fancy right yeah
1: you just i thought you were lowering your chair but you were <laughs> raising your knees.
0: i was raising my desk so so now i'm standing
1: yeah, I need to get one of those because I have back issues and I do too. Now, the one you did with Rob, you were in your dining room. Are you still in your dining room?
0: I'm not. I was so I was actually I was in my living room.
1: Oh, um, living room. And
0: that's so so the way this house is laid out, it's it's got a really oddly shaped living room, so we only are able to use half of the living room. So the other half was empty. So I was like, I'll just put my desk here. Who cares? I work, the kids are at school. You know, if it's summer, go out and play. I don't, I don't want you here. Like, but right now, I can't do that. So we ended up, um, (laughs) I have no idea how my wife accomplished this. She, she was like, we need to change something. Like, cause, cause she's like, I don't know what to do because you're scheduling all these recordings and meetings today. I had two podcast recordings, this one and one earlier mm-hmm. and two meetings with peer groups and a meeting with a client that I'm doing a website for. So that's five meetings. I was literally, I was literally in meetings from eight in the morning until whenever we're done, which, you know, could be five, could be six, who knows, right? could be nine won't be nine.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: so, so, whenever I was in one of those recordings or meetings, like, she and the kids would each go to their bedrooms. Right. And, you know, the kids would do schoolwork or or she would, you know, watch TV or, or play on the Chromebook or, you know, whatever, right? And she finally said, I can't take this anymore. Like, what are we – why – why do you have to kick us out of the house? I'm like, because my desk is in the house. Like, so, so then I'm like looking at, you know, what if I bought one of those sheds and then like, like completely outfitted the inside of this shed and, you know, finished the the walls and the floors and insulated it and, you know, turned this thing into a little mini like, you know, like the tiny homes, like I want a tiny office.
1: Right, right, right.
0: You know, right. so so then I'm looking at this and, and I'm like, shit, this is going to cost me like $15,000. I'm like, I'm doing all right on the stock market, but I'm not doing that well. <laughs> so, so then I'm like, all right, what are my other options? Like, all right, what if, and this is a crazy idea, honey, what if the daughter and son Shared a bedroom for like six months. And she's like, are you crazy? You want a 14-year-old girl and a 7-year-old boy sharing a room? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, we can have him share a room with us. What do you want from me? Like, <laughs> So, so what you decide? So my wife made it happen. She was able to fit my desk in our bedroom. Really? So, so this door is the door to our closet. I'm not in the closet, the closet, the the closet. You're out of the closet. I'm out of the closet guys. Okay. Okay, You've heard it here first. I'm out of the closet.
1: Not that there's anything wrong with it, but anyway,
0: I was never in the closet. I was
1: so, so that's cool. That's cool. I mean, we have a shared office space here that I use most of the time. Susan has converted our dining room into uh, her classroom for her students.
0: Okay, and
1: uh, and her older son is home from her younger son is home from college. Mm. Uh, works either in his bedroom, which is right yonder on the other side of the wall over here, or he works in the basement.
0: Okay. So, well, see, like we don't have a basement. It would this home would be perfect if it had a basement. That is literally the, okay. No, it would be perfect if it had air conditioning in a basement. It has one of those weird house fan things. You ever you ever have a house with a house fan? Yeah. I mm-hmm. never knew those existed until I moved into this house. Michael, this is the oddest thing. So, we rent because we we're not handy and my I break everything I touch. So, uh we just want a landlord we can call and we got a fantastic deal on a beautiful house in a wonderful neighborhood. Um mm-hmm a mortgage would cost me more, but he bought it during the last great recession. He paid cash. Cause I'm pretty sure this guy was in the mafia. Um,
1: and maybe, having a, a mafia landlord is a good thing. I've heard, you know, Yeah, maybe I'm joking. I'd be like, don't be never late on your rent. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, we,
0: well, the weirdest thing is we, we pay like, in cash, like <laughs> no bundles,
1: no bundles, unmarked bills only. Yeah, I hear you.
0: Yeah, he, he, I mean, we have a paper trail, but there's not like an official paper trail, right? <laughs> he he uh, sent me a text message one day. He's like, you gonna pay my rent?" Like, dude i I paid your rent nine days ago. What are you?
1: <laughs> he's, he's like Yeah, I left it at the usual dead drop spot, right? Under the fish <laughs> fish market. What do you mean you didn't get it?
0: Like that is literally almost exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is too funny.
0: <laughs> so, you know, we uh but but we love the place. He's a really nice guy. He really is. Mm. Um, I mean I tease, but but he is just a, a genuinely a nice guy. And uh yeah. So so we're here, we we have a weird house fan that you know three years ago I didn't even know these things existed. But you know, there it is.
1: They, they draw all the air up and cool the house down, right? Yeah, so it's so weird. So weird it is weird but it's it's a functional technology from another day in the meantime if it's hot enough you have window fans uh, window uh, units right we
0: we do have window units uh one for the bedroom which will be great because i'll have my own private air conditioning in my office this summer there you go and then uh one for the rest of the house which i mean it works fantastic now, now, one thing, we're gonna switch gears here completely. Sure. One thing that I'm really confused about is uh, looking at our recording, your audio is 52.17 megabytes. My audio is
1: 66.45. Hmm. What I, of course, there? I don't have those details. In front of me, I just see the wave. Yeah, I find it. Does that it mean so, you're talking that much more than I am? I don't think so. I
0: didn't I think, think so, but it, it is genuinely I don't think concerning. Talks more than me. Let's find out. You you talk for a while. <laughs> just talk about. Tell me, it. Well, ask, ask
1: me a question. No.
0: So, so Michael, what would you say is the biggest factor to the success of your MSP?
1: I Would say Without a doubt it's the people that I have But if I'm looking at my own um, Leadership style of which there have been many fits and starts along the way and is still at 23 years of work in process I think it's the ability to be vulnerable with my team. Huh. Um, so when I um, when my ex and I split up a number of years ago, we did so uh, because um, I got involved with somebody. And it was something of which I was not proud, but it's something that does happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, we got together, my team and I, for our normal Wednesday meeting, same meetings we're having now, but we weren't doing traction level 10 meetings. And they knew that I had moved out. I told them that, but I was at sort of a crisis point. And I sat them down on this day and said, you know, I didn't, you know, my ex and I didn't just break up. I didn't just move out. Um, You know, I was I was a piece of shit and I hurt the people that mattered most to me. And it's having an impact. Right here, not just on me, but on the company. You can see what's happening. You can see the impact that it's having. And uh, and I need your help. I need everybody's help to, to make this right. Uh, because I'm not at my best. And I wasn't. I mean, I was, I was at a pretty low point. Um, and I think what I learned that day, and I, this is like 10 years ago, Steve. I think what I learned that day was that there was a power... In being vulnerable that I was comfortable enough with my teammates that I didn't have to hide behind the polish of everything is okay and here's the best spin on everything I told them what was going on I told them the ugly and they were there for me and I think it's because there's a power in vulnerability And everyone who was in the room that day, save my administrator at the time, who left a few months later, but everyone, all my engineers who were in the room today are still with me 10 years later. We had our best year last year. We we broke through that seven-figure barrier for the first time ever and profitable, you know, and we had years in there where we weren't. I still have a lot of work to do in that area, Um, but... I think my takeaway on that was that I have the ability to be vulnerable and I can, if I say use that vulnerability or leverage it, it makes it sound manufactured because it isn't. But I have the ability to be real. So I think what I bring to the table as a leader, and this is something I've, I've done a number of podcasts and webinars in the last few weeks where the subject has been leadership during crisis um, i guess that's an area people want to tap into me for i, I mean it's kind of humorous but um, i'm self-reflective enough to see the value there is that um is that vulnerability can be a central tenant in leadership you don't have to be strong all the time. If you've, if you have built and invested in good people and have that right kind of interaction with them, um, they will have a natural level of empathy and wanna wanna do well to help us all succeed. Um, and I think the thing that manifested I, I want to tie it together COVID nineteen because. It's, you know, we do a daily huddle every day. Uh, first thing in the morning. A daily
0: huddle every day.
1: A daily huddle every day. Yeah, and we meet at the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> but that's where we have our daily huddle every day. So yeah, <laughs> we do daily huddle. Every, we we do our daily huddles. I just love teasing
0: people for like simple grammar. Like my yeah, my favorite one that, uh, to get people on is when we they're like you know. We do do like you said. Do do. <laughs> 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 like, you just we do. That's you don't have, you don't do do something. You just do it.
1: Like <laughs> that's right. That absolutely. So we were uh, we were in the first week of working from home exclusively, and I noticed the energy level was really dropping on our call. Mm. Like everyone sounded really stressed. And these huddles are supposed to be like 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Here's what I'm doing. Here's where I need help. I also, we also have a win. Everyone has to present a win from the previous day.
0: Oh, Something that
1: sounds good that happened. I learned that from that Peter Berleza. He's a MSP in, uh, in Connecticut, a good friend of mine. Uh, and he probably learned it from someone else. That everyone, Because we get too often, we're just stuck in that thinking of, I'm just plodding through my days, but we have a lot of things to be thankful for every day, Absolutely. even in the middle of a pandemic. And so, by making everyone think of that, it can change the culture and the energy of the company. Okay. Um, so, I noticed the energy was flagging, and it was like a Thursday or Friday. And I said, "I said, guys, forget about the ten minutes. I here's what I'm hearing. Tell me what's going on." And people were stressing. They were a little freaked out, they were scared, they were this, they were that. And we ended up talking for 45 minutes that morning. 45 minutes for a 10 minute huddle. But everybody got to share what they were going through, what their fears were, what their concerns were. Um, And at the end of it, there was like this palpable sense of relief and increased energy and enthusiasm. And it powered up from there. Not that so-and-so doesn't have a bad day one day or someone's really struggling on other days, but, you know, our our huddles are generally pretty good. We like to rip the shit out of each other. You know, we make fun of each other. We joke around. Um, I'm the kind of guy that's always looking for the humorous angle. I mean, if I have to lay the hammer down and, and talk to someone about something that didn't go the way it should have or whatnot. I'm, I'm capable of doing that. But I like to bring some levity and humor to as many situations as possible. And I think at the end that the reason that that all works for me and for the team at Jobecca is because of the vulnerability piece the, that they they've all certainly been with me long enough that they know
0: mm-hmm.
1: that what they see is what they get. So that's the number one thing. That was a long enough answer. Did I pass you in terms of how large my file is now? (laughs) No, but
0: at one point we had a very similar number. So I think what's happening is uh, it just takes a little bit. Like I get to see mine in real time, but yours, it's like uploading chunks at a time or something. It's, It's weird. It's interesting. I like it. We'll see. So,
1: I have a very simple voice. That's what it is. There's not much much going on with my voice.
0: No, no, it's, it's definitely not that. Because like I said, at one point, they were both the exact same number. So mm-hmm. it just, I don't know, it, it just takes a little bit to catch up. So I think it's time to sit again. I'm, I'm done with that Go nonsense. Um,
1: yeah, I've been thinking about getting one of those. Um, one of the guys in my peer group, at our last uh, virtual meeting, he was walking his desk treadmill the entire meeting. Oh, so it was see, really that... weird watching him go like this. He's not getting anywhere, right? Right. <laughs> see, that that like
0: almost sounds like a good time. Almost. Yes, it's not bad. So the one thing that I found is that I don't stand as much as I should. But I got this desk because... I'm I'm slowly trying to work on my health, um, right? And by slowly, I mean I, I want fast results without doing anything at all, um, you know, like typical people, right? So yeah, we all want that. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm working on my health, and and last year I I had a really bad um, muscle issue, so I uh, I got this, and it it helps a little bit. You know, it doesn't completely relieve everything, but it helps. So I love it, man. I spent probably way too much money on this. You know, I, I could have bought one of the more cost-effective brands of standing desks. Um, what brand did you get? I got an Uplift desk. And I got, like, every bell and whistle I could think of. So, I I mean, I bought the the... The, the nicer memory pad where instead of just having an up and a down button, I can just press the number one. Boom. And there we go. Now it's, now it's where I want it. It's to...
1: preset to your exact exactly. standing height or sitting. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's and eventually
0: stuff. I'll, I'll make presets for, you know, camera heights as well. So that way I can, you know, cause like I would not want to use my desk where I've got it right now. Because I've actually got it lower to get the camera closer to eye level. Otherwise I'd be looking way up here at you guys. And that'd be weird. Um, But, whoa, what just happened? Oh, okay. Um, So, so yeah, I've got that, you know, I've, I've got the, um, this little spinny drawer here off to the side. I've, I've got Mm -hmm. a, Everything clips to the desk. Everything that possibly can clips to the desk. So, my my uh, microphone. This is mounted to the desk. There's not like a mm. on the desk. My lights are all mounted to the desk. My monitors mounted to the desk. So that way I can have as much desk space as possible. Um, I have even mounted because it's a standing desk on wheels. I bought the wheels. Um, of course, you've gotta have the wheels. You gotta have the wheels. Gotta have the, wheel. gotta have the wheels. How else? Yeah. How else can I move it from the living room to my bedroom? Uh, yeah. So I even mounted the subwoofer upside down to the bottom of the desk, so that way, no matter what height I'm at, no matter where I move to, it's just there.
1: The perfect baseline moves with you. It doesn't. Ju- the perfect baseline doesn't just move you. Move you. It moves with you.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So and then, and then I've gotten um I use a lot of that uh it's 3M dual lock. It's like Velcro on steroids. I
1: mean, mm-hmm. you,
0: it, it practically never comes off unless you pry at it. I know the lie. stuff
1: that's the um the hard plastic one, right? That kind of It comes with place. the
0: easy pass, yeah.
1: You know that thing that yes. you, you can't yes, get yes, off yes. your
0: windshield. Yeah, that thing. Yes. <laughs> so no, I, I pull even that even...
1: off, and the whole windshield comes in with yeah. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, So I used that. So I mounted like my little um, uh, thunder Thunderbolt three docking station, my my audio um, interface. I just you know I mount. I got uh, surge protectors mounted mm-hmm. underneath here. All over the place. I have way too
1: many. You're like belts. Geek, you're 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 geeking out on the uplift desk. I, I dig it.
0: I did, man. And then I I I bought, like I said, I bought every upgrade. So I've got the the like the footrest where you can change the elevation. Um, I have a. I didn't bring it in the room yet, but I've got this like really nice mat to stand on. If I had that mm-hmm. in here, I would have been standing longer. Let me tell you that. And then I bought this this thing. It's like a treadmill, a, a treadmill, a treadmill, but uh, it's, it's a, it's like a wobble board. So, you know what I mean? Oh, I know those. It's like, yeah, a, it's you like stand a on it, board. but you
1: gotta keep it for your core. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you let me stand tell you how on it, but it, it's got to keep your balance while you're on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I never stand on that. Um, <laughs> but I bought it.
1: <laughs> but you could stand on it if you wanted to. I have oh, a um, yes, a colleague I know through uh, my chamber of commerce, the immediate past president, who uh, who has one of those, and he was showing me. He and he he does. He has a standing desk, and he stands on that thing all day. That's and thing. he's ripped. He's like ripped, you know, core wise. So, um, and there's, very there's very simple and impressive. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I won't judge them.
1: Have you seen those Facebook ads for those core exercisers that you can get where your phone fits into it? You go in a plank position and it's got games on your phone. So it'll be like you're flying a helicopter and you've got to get it through these rings. And in doing that, you're holding yourself up, you know, in a plank position, steering right, steering left. See, that I would
0: consider using, but Facebook generally knows me well enough to not advertise things like (laughs) exercise um you you know
1: i get a lot of that stuff since i bought my peloton and i post every workout onto facebook for accountability purposes it's not a um a look at me and look at what i'm doing it's more of a I need to keep doing this. It's for my health. Every piece of exercise equipment I've ever owned has become like a really expensive clothes hanger over the years until I got the Peloton. There's something about the magic mix for me of gamification, um, social media aspect, uh, real time metric tracking, long term metric tracking. All those pieces work together with my brain chemistry to get me engaged. It's the first time ever uh, that that's happened. So I bought that seven months ago, and I'm, you know, right now I'm five to seven days a week on it. You know, it's not a ton. Sometimes it's just a 20 minute, other times it's 30. Sometimes I'll do a meditation or a weight training, or uh, I mean, heck, I could go out and take a walk now and use the app. I don't have to be on the bike. But I will say, so, and I think because of that, I get more of those other types of ads now for things like exercise equipment or Noom, you know, weight loss programs and stuff like that. They've got me all figured out.
0: So. That's really cool. So, so the the Peloton, um, the, the bike that they sell, I see they've got four different packages. Excuse it's all the me. same bike. They just add
1: so all the same bike.
0: more trinkets and trash along with it. Yeah. So, you, you love the bike, it sounds like.
1: I love the bike. And you get unlimited users on a single account. So, my girlfriend Susan and her son Gary both have accounts. Now, since Gary's in school and not around that much until COVID-19, you know, he, he's not riding the bike. He's using the account and casting it to our TV so he can do like weightlifting and you know, core exercises and things like that. But Susan and I both have the shoes, which you need to clip into the bike. Um, You know, and other than that, I mean, I didn't buy...
0: I've got um, extra wide feet. I, like, no joke. Yeah, I think they
1: can hook you up.
0: I got a 6E shoe, man.
1: Well, the other thing is, as long as it's a standard clip, shoe you don't have to buy a peloton shoe i think you could go to any sporting goods shop you know and and get what you need uh provided the shop is open are they essential or not essential who knows so so but i I enjoy it i
0: I think if i were going to get one of those bikes for my house i would want the kind where i don't need shoes i can just sit on it and ride the bike
1: or or watch tv that's good too yeah (laughs) <laughs> this has a, this has a just ride feature or you can ride through scenic rides all over the world. And, and it's actually an interesting thing. I thought, you know, because I love, I love streaming and, and binging some shows. So it's like, I'm watching, I don't know. I'm, I'm catching up on um, Ozark. Let's say I'm like, Oh, let me watch an episode of Ozark. Wow. I'm riding the bike. And I can do it, but the bike ride is way, way, way harder than when I'm following one of the trainers because the trainers can motivate me to do some hard-ass riding. You know, when I'm watching a show, my concentration is split. So, like, my brain functions differently, and I can't get as enthused to put in the same kind of effort on the bike. So it's just, for me, it's about learning what works, you know, for my style.
0: Really cool, man.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, so, Michael, I'm sorry, oh, go on.
0: Please, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to ask you about your client base since, you know, I don't know a lot about your MSP.
0: Oh, that's okay. You don't need to.
1: <laughs> I tell you, but I have to kill you. Uh,
0: no, so, you know, I, I, um, I have a small number of endpoints that I manage these days because I'm focused more on doing this stuff. Um, okay. I find more value and excitement and joy doing this stuff. So that's that's kind of where my heart is. So I mean I've got some clients. One of them is not essential. And um I had to help him out with uh you know, he had to lay everyone off, which
1: yeah, yes. nice.
0: um it does. So yeah, I, I had to help him out with some stuff like that and um you know giving him a little bit of a discount and we've been together for almost a decade. So I I told him, you know, man, we've been together long enough. Money, money should just not be an issue. Like, and I don't mean like, I know you're loaded. So give me your money. I mean, like, I, I care about you and your business. Like, let's, let's just figure out how to make this work. So he loved that. I said that, and he's, he's like with me even more now than ever. Um, just because of the way I approached it with him, you know, so, um, all of my other clients, you know, landscaping and, and, um, legal and, and, you know, that type of stuff like all the other clients are essential or essential enough that they're able to just work from home. But I mean, an interior designer, a high end, super expensive interior designer, um, you know that gets tough and I really feel for them you know because mm-hmm. I mean you know when you've got clients like Cleveland Cavaliers basketball players uh even those guys don't want to spend money they're not playing like why would they want to spend money right. might, you know for as far as no, I'm concerned gonna... they might not ever play basketball again <laughs> like, oh man
1: it's uh the challenging time. Where do you, where do you, where do you envision this going? The work that you're doing with videos and communicating via these mediums, if if it could go exactly the way you would like it to, what what outcome would you want to achieve?
0: Uh, outcome I would want to achieve is to be able to successfully do at least fifteen interviews like this a month. And to just have a boatload of people that subscribe and watch. So that way YouTube can pay me some money. I can uh, entertain and educate people. And it's a win for everyone. And obviously, you know, guys like you come on and um, you also help with the education because, you know, it's guys like you that are giving the answers, right? So... That's, that's the goal is, you know, I, I'm I'm wanting to figure out how to make this a win for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at some of the other folks you have on, and obviously you've had folks representing a lot of vendors and tool sets, and those are very informational and, and terrific, terrific content. Um, you know, I provide a different kind of content, and I think the stuff that, interests me i like to know what makes people tick i like to know what are the things that people bring to their businesses that they think are unique uh or differentiators and it could be tech it could be something technical um but it's like robin says you know you're never going to get an msp to say you know we, we give sucky service
0: right we're all the
1: best we're all the best
0: we all are. That's not, all a makes...
1: it's not a different Not differentiator. We're that all the best.
0: Thing, you know, like we we keep trying to say, oh, we're, we're not a commodity because we do something special, but we don't. We're all providing the same service using almost the same tools. Um. So so really, the only thing that we have that's different is ourselves, and. If, if we're smart, the other thing that we're going to have that's different is going to be um, our documentation. <laughs> in the sense that we actually do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's there's been some, uh, some companies that don't.
1: Well, I think there are differentiators. I actually don't know that I agree. I think there are some real differentiators out there. I think the better companies that I see in the space are focusing on value and it's value that goes outside of standard tech services. Because I think you are right. The solution stacks are not all that different. You're using this tool versus that tool. You're, at the end of the day, that's not what the clients care about. Uh, But if you can come to the table and demand and deserve a seat at the table to talk about strategy to answer difficult to be a subject matter expert to be focused on one or more particular verticals where you are a subject matter expert then you truly do differentiate yourself and I was listening to um, I was having a conversation or Chris Weiser was giving a talk about how he was, Helping one of his clients who was I don't want to butcher his story You should probably have him on if you haven't already Um,
0: I'll reach out to him,
1: but but it was it it had to do with uh, Let's just say it was um, It was a medical practice and he was going through the process of doing the market research interviews and asking the office administrator, what's your biggest challenge? Because as an, as an IT provider, managed service provider, it's really easy to come in and lead with our tool set. And it, it doesn't have to be the particular tools we use, it's the mindset that we have because we're techies. And even though I fired myself 17, 18 years ago, I still have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Look at this great tool we have, you know, this, this is a great tool, you know, it, it goes in your pen, And once you put it in your pen, you screw it in and you put this thing on here and it writes, you know, and ink comes out of it. And that's my tool. It's different than this tool because this tool is too fat, you know, and all that. But here's the thing. So the thing is, is that everyone's got their different tools. They've got their different pens. They don't matter. Right. What matters is that um, is that. The good business strategist can speak to the problem that the client is having, even when that problem has nothing to do with technology. So, to get back to the example I heard from Chris, he found out that the number one concern that a lot of these doctor's offices were having were cancellations. People canceling appointments pre COVID 19. You now, people are canceling appointments. How do we handle that? And He worked with whatever, whoever the MSP was, and and I'm not a client of Chris's, so I'm not, you know, I'm not giving him a shout out from personal experience, but I have heard him talk and I know people who who use them. Um, And so his story was, how do you become the subject matter expert? Well, you know, let's write a paper that says, you know, the top X ways to get clients to keep their appointments and do the in other words you write stuff and you generate content to the problem the problem does not have to be technology you're just differentiating yourself in the space as a subject matter expert in the area for the niche that you're serving the target market that you're going after and if you can do that um then you've got a differentiator. Once you've got those differentiators, your unique selling proposition, and you can back it up, and then of course your tool set is good, you're really good at servicing the client. Now you can charge more money. Um,
0: I do that's like charging kind of more the money. one-to-one approach.
1: Yeah, charging more money, providing more value. It's, money's just a tool. Mm-hmm. Charging more, providing more value, being able to pay yourself more, being able to invest more in the tools, being able to invest more in your people, compensate them well. I mean, these are goals we should all have. And if you're chasing the the lowest dollar value, you know, commoditized versions of uh, IT services, it's just hard to get there. It's just hard to get there. So. That's been the struggle. I've seen things from a money-centric view for many, many years due to my own money fears and scarcity mentality at times. And it's really eye-opening to see people who do it differently, who have a different approach. Uh, Look, we just signed a, um, two days ago, maybe three, we just signed um, a security uh, assessment, an audit for a, a software company that got hit with a pretty significant attack a few weeks ago. And the amount of money was crazy. Now we're subcontracting it out. We're very good at providing a good solution stack and our clients almost never have had problems in the past six, seven, eight years. With regards to ransomware or any other kind of breaches, because we're really, really proactive and that's all well and good, but we're not the highest end security experts. So I brought Al's company in. They're the ones actually performing it. But what was eye-opening to me is that the the company that we were selling to on this, and they were a referral from a good friend of mine, they they signed like that. We did our discussion and presentation value proposition. They know they have to the pain point. They know what they need to maintain credibility with their clients. and it was a crazy, huge amount of money compared to what I would normally feel comfortable charging. But in my conversations with Al and going through the process, I learned that, well, wait a minute, I mean, this is the most important thing to a client right now. Their whole integrity is staked on this. They just had a breach they got to make sure that they've plugged those gaps, not just technically, but in terms of um, uh, their integrity. And they will write the check to do that. And they're going to get a a shit ton of value from us and from from Al's company. Through us, we're going to be there as the liaison and shepherding the process along. They're going to get a ton of value from it. So it's not like, oh, we're just charging them. No, no, we're delivering a, a real high end. And that all comes from just changing the mindset. Does that make sense? You know, like Absolutely. Thinking differently about how we can provide our services. And we'll probably come away with an MSP contract at the end of it, too, because there's going to be some gaps there. There's going to be things they need that they don't have, and that's going to be right in our wheelhouse. And we're also going to be gaining knowledge so that we can offer a higher brand of these services ourselves as time goes on. So huh. that was the spiel. Sorry about that, but.
0: Don't be That's sorry, That's a passion
1: point for me. You're, I'm you're sorry.
0: I'm sorry. You're dropping knowledge bombs. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I like that. That's going to be my new... You know what I'm going to do that on LinkedIn. Michael Einbinder chats. I drop knowledge bombs. Do it. What do you think?
0: I go for do it. it. Do you need a credit? Do you need a credit? I don't think I made that word up. Or I that like phrase you know. up. So, I mean, you're... I like you're fine. And if I did make it up, I will give you a perpetual license to use it.
1: My man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about uh, before we, before we part ways here, cause I don't know about you, but I'm ready for dinner. Um, the last thing I want to talk to you about is uh, you, you posted on Facebook shortly before, we we got on this call and you said you know you're you're getting yourself ready to be on the podcast and you had to put on pants
1: yeah that was a joke <laughs> are you asking if I'm really wearing pants
0: i'm not going to ask for proof
1: no, I'm
0: oh no pants. oh no.
1: your butt fell out no i'm wearing pants okay of course i'm wearing pants but uh no I was actually out I had to have lab work done today but it's you know it's that whole thing about no one has to wear pants anymore they're working they're not wearing pants blah 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 so I just well I, like I mean I
0: I mean I I ask because you know I've got my nice polo on but um I well, I, I don't have an easy way to show it I'm wearing basketball
1: shorts nice <laughs>
0: <laughs> got, Cav-
1: Cavalier? Are they Cavalier shorts or?
0: No, they're just like cheap, off-brand. I think I think my wife got them for me from Aldi. Like, <laughs> like you know, the real cream of the crop basketball shorts. So yeah, hey, I, mean, I, but, I mean, I. But I mean, I look good where I need to look good, you know.
1: Amen, um, brother.
0: Except for the whole hair thing, I, I can't wait until. Ohio lets us have a freaking haircut, man.
1: I'm so I'm over this. I'm thinking these. of buying some clippers. I'm so, thinking of buying some clippers and just doing a four, you know, all the way.
0: I've got clippers, but I mean, this is what happened when I tried to do a fade. It's um, it's very yeah. noticeable. It's not oh,
1: bad. It's awful. Yeah.
0: Don't don't You're try to sugarcoat it. it.
1: You're going to see a lot worse, believe me. When people come out of their homes, it's it's all good.
0: Yeah, we're so, doing the best we
1: can. I mean, in
0: it's my going to be nice to
1: get back at some point and get haircuts. I I agree with you, but I think I can deal with getting some clippers in the meantime.
0: Yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. Like I can't. So there's two things I can't wait to do. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask you what two things you can't wait to do here in a second. The two things I can't wait to do are get a haircut. Mm, No, that one I know I need to do, but no, I think I'd rather like hang out with a bunch of friends and hug them more than a haircut, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, get wings. I want to go to a restaurant and get some delicious, freshly fried wings. I've tried I've tried like baking up some wings. They're just not the same, Michael. Mm
1: -hmm. It's just
0: no good, man.
1: Um I think
0: I think I I might like order some wings and go pick them up in a little bit. It's bad.
1: Well that you could do. You could do that. That's there's nothing wrong with that. I want to the second thing you said is the number one thing. I'm a hugger. I I'm missing seeing people and being able to have physical contact with them. You know, there's that saying that you need, um, you need four hugs a day to survive. Eight for something else and 12 to thrive. I wish I could remember what the exact saying is, but, um, you know, there's only so many hugs my girlfriend and I care to give each other and we've been together 10 years. So yeah, all kidding aside, um, you know, I'm a social creature. I love seeing my friends. I look forward to having uh, friends over to barbecue and swim and relax and, and just talk, having Zoom meetings, virtual happy hours. It's a wonderful thing. I've coordinated a virtual happy hour for my um, uh, for my high school alumni. Not, it's not official. It's just a group of us that all graduated around the same time. I went to a very small school in Brooklyn. And they're wonderful. I, I feel giddy at the end of those because I'm seeing friends. In some cases, I haven't seen them in years. In other cases, they haven't seen each other in 40 years. I mean, it's it's just it's awesome. But it's not the same thing. It's not the yeah. same thing as being in person. So for me, it's that. And probably going out to the movies. You know, I'm a film guy. I love going to a big theater. I know we all have 50, 60-inch screens now, but, you know, not the same thing.
0: It's not. I mean, there's there's something to be said about a $27 tub of popcorn.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, and, well, unlimited refills, certainly. You, know. <laughs> you know, if you're paying 27 bucks, you should get the unlimited refills, Absolutely. along with the, you know, 64-ounce pitcher, uh, trough of soda. You're making
0: my mouth water. (laughs) All right, so Michael, I'm going to leave you with a quote because I think it bothered you enough that you need to hear it. Family therapist Virginia Satir once said, we need four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance. We need 12 hugs a day for growth.
1: Ah, Virginia's tear. Okay. That's cool. That is cool. So you looked that up? I did. On on up. that in, on that interweb thing. That's yeah. really cool. See, I'm not technical. I don't even know what it's called. That inter thingy. The on the
0: on the on the book face. I just Google.
1: I just book. binged it. You you use the Google? You use the Google?
0: I, I use I use uh Alt Vista. What's it what's that one called? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow that was before you were born i think you know i think that was before al gore even invented the internet you know That's
0: possible. Yeah. <laughs> michael I really, you. I really appreciate you coming on here today man
1: hey man it was my pleasure it was a lot of fun and uh um stay safe and
0: thank you you too
1: yeah anytime right. you
0: want to come back you just let me know
1: what are you doing tomorrow at this time, man? Anyway, I love spending, you, man.
0: Spending time with the kids. It'll be Saturday, Michael.
1: That's right. That's right. The days all blur, don't they?
0: Yeah, it's it's either going to be Saturday or Tuesday. I'm not really sure. Every day feels like Monday's right now.
1: Thanks for having me on, man. It was great. Absolutely. Take care. All right. You too.